Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When we walk with the Lord and the light of His word, what a glory He sheds on our way. Father, 
And God, all those of us that have needs, God, you know each and every one of them, Father. We just ask you, God, to meet those needs. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles today, uh, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 39. And we'll be in chapter 39 and 40 today. Uh, we've talked about the patriarchs over the last several weeks, and this will be our last one on the patriarchs. And we're going to talk today about Joseph. And one of my favorite uh, persons in the Bible. I have so many. I always say this one's my favorite, this one's my favorite, but I like them all. Amen. But when you look at guys like Daniel and Joseph and Abraham and Paul, and th these are the big guys. They're the big guns, you know. And uh, there's so much that we can learn looking into the life of Joseph that is so beneficial to our walk with God. It's, it's incredible. I want to talk today about growing in character. I believe as Christians, we need to have good character. We need to grow we need to mature. The ultimate goal for God on your behalf and mine is that we grow up into Christ. That we become like Christ. That's the goal of God for your life, for my life. How can sometimes preachers get up and say what they do with such certainty and such authority is because we know the plan God has specifically. In many, many areas. There are things we do not know. But there are things we know for certain. And I know this. God is wanting to build. And he wants you to grow in character. Somebody say amen. Amen. Joseph is a wonderful uh, biblical patriarch to look at. And we're just going to look at a few things here today. But I encourage you in your studies at home to read the account of Joseph. There are so many, too numerous to, to, to number in one message or even six messages for that matter on, on Joseph. But I want to zero in on a few things here and kind of like hone in on uh, the aspect of his character today. You know, it's normal, though you're not always taught that in modern churches, but trust me, it's normal for adversity to afflict Christians. Normal. 2 Timothy 3.12. I want to quote that scripture for you. If you're taking notes, write this one down. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now notice he didn't say some. He said all. So just mark that down. Should you be afraid? Should you be scared? Should you be frightened? No, he's just telling you a fact. A fact. Now, what disappoints many is in their Christian experience and walk with God, and they go into a difficult situation. If you're not in one now, trust me, you'll get there. You may be in the middle of one. You may have had a hundred already, I don't know. It's not unusual. Paul also said, don't think it's strange the fiery trial that's going to consume you to try your faith. It's just a part of living here. You know, the false church will tell you that you can have your cake and eat it too, and you can live without and or above adversity if you have enough faith to speak your little reality into existence. That's a lie. It's not biblical. We want to keep it real. Somebody say amen. Amen. You know, the same principle of affliction and persecution and difficulty was true of those who followed God in the Old Testament just as it is for those of us in the New. Amen. The enemy has a target on those whom God has chosen. And it's just the way it is. But we know who God is and who we serve, that He is the greater one, and that ultimately His will will be done in our lives and we can put our faith and trust in him. Joseph's story that we're going to look at is a dramatic example of a righteous man treated very unfairly. And I said it's a 
extreme example or dramatic example because most of us don't have the things happen in our lives like Joseph did or like Job did or like Paul did but we do have difficulties and trauma in our life and it's very real to us just as it was to them but let's look at Joseph's response and draw some things from it today you know repeatedly during his transition years from spoiled child to the governor of Egypt think about that one God's abiding presence and divine intervention continued to bring about his will in Joseph's life. God made it clear that in good times and in bad times, his hand was on Joseph's life. And it will be on yours as well if you belong to him. We're going to look at this message today and see how Joseph remained faithful to God despite the adverse circumstances that he faced. Before we begin, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence that is here today, Lord. Father, as we look into the very words of life, your word today, Lord, speak through your servant to your people today, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Comfort us. Inform us. Encourage us. Correct us. Lord, help us to be the people we need to be. Move in your people today, Lord, we pray. I need your anointing, without which I can do nothing. But I trust that it is here upon me today and upon every ear to hear and every heart to receive. We thank you again in Jesus' name. Everyone say it. Amen. Amen and amen. We want to understand godly character is going to be severely tested in your life. And you need to determine... And I need to determine to please God in every situation. We'll look at three aspects from our text today that we'll see here. Number one is character must be tested. Now God doesn't test your character to find out what it is. Why? He already knows. But there are two important aspects to that testing. Number one, the test shows where you are to you and also to those around you. Very important. We'll look at that today. We'll see a man who went through some severe trouble here in his life. In chapter 39.1, and we're, again, not looking at the whole life of Joseph. We're just looking at one particular segment here, and I encourage you to read it in your home study. But in verses 1 of chapter 39, Scripture says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officers, the captain of the guard, as a matter of fact, brought him from the Ishmaelite, bought him, that is, from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him there. So, Joseph you remember the line goes Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. He has the promise of God. This is God's promised man. And he's, you know, Jacob, we talked about, he had his generation. Isaac had his generation. Abraham reached his generation. Now it's Joseph's time. Joseph would be the one that would go down into Egypt and save the whole nation of Israel. But it didn't start off very well for him. Have me start living for God and they're excited. I'm, I'm saved. I'm born again. Next thing you know, I'm in deep trouble here. Everything's going wrong. God is in control. Somebody say amen. amen. Joseph was, if you remember, his father's favorite son. How many sons did Jacob have or Israel? How many sons did he have? Twelve. Twelve. And his, who? Remember, he, he went into uh, his father-in-law Laban to serve him for seven years. He wanted, he wanted that sweet thing, Rachel, to be his wife. And Papa done tricked him into taking the, the ugly one. Come on now. Leah. But Leah was prolific in dropping children. Somebody say amen. And Rachel was having a hard time conceiving. But, you know, in his old age, he had a son 
He had two actual sons from Rachel, and that one was Joseph, the other was Benjamin. And they're both found in the story of Joseph here in Genesis. But we're primarily concerned with Joseph. He would be the patriarch, the one that would uh, carry it forward. And his daddy loved him, made him a coat of any colors, said, son, wear this coat. Now, remember, his brothers were much older than him. And they just looked at him like with contempt, you know. And, and, and I might, might mention here that God was with Joseph. God's favor was on this boy. Oh, daddy loved him too, but God had a purpose on his man's life. And if God has a purpose for you, you're going to draw the ire of those around you who will be jealous of that. They will see that. And God would speak to Joseph through dreams. Now, if you remember, there's a very important dream that he had, and it comes into play in the story here later on. We're not going to talk about it today. But it also plays out, quite possibly, in our day, but certainly if not our day, in the very near future. And he was given the sign of what? The Revelation 12 sign. What got the ire of Jacob, Jacob, his daddy, and his 11 brothers. He had a sister too. Her name was what? Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. Come on, I'm testing your biblical knowledge here. Come on, man. I remember her. But the 11 brothers and daddy didn't, didn't like what boy uh, Joseph said to him. He said, I had a dream, and that dream was what? I saw the sun, the moon, and the stars. And they came, and who did the sun, the moon, and the stars represent? Israel. Israel, okay. And they came, and they bowed down to me. He's some kind of dreamer. Here comes that dreamer with his funny little coat on. His brothers hated him. If I love Jesus and I please the Lord and I love God, everybody's going to love me, right? <laughs> we love the Apostle Paul, don't we? Paul, man, he was the man of faith. Everywhere he preached, he got stoned. He got stoned to <laughs> Y'all want me to come next week? I'll preach for you. Uh, Paul. <laughs> it didn't end too well last time, brother. Well, who was with Paul? God. God. Who was with Joseph? God. His brothers devised a scheme. We're going to dig a pit. Put him down in this well. And the first Gentiles that come by, we're going to sell that boy as a slave. They sold their brother as a slave to some Ishmaelites. Then they made up a story to tell their daddy. They took his coat that he, he had made for him, that coat of many colors, and, and put some blood all over it from an animal. Took it into Papa. Oh, your favorite boy. Your favorite Joseph. You're lovely. We, we, we did everything we could. But, but, but a, a wild animal got all over me and killed him, Papa was old. He said, oh, oh my God. I can't. Not my Joseph. Not my. I lied to him. In the meantime, what happens to Joseph? He ends up taken down into Egypt. And one of the officers in Pharaoh's court buys him as a slave. Does a slave have any rights? Does a slave have freedom? I thought he was God's man of the hour. He had all these wonderful divine dreams about what God was going to do. And now he's in he's a he's a slave in a foreign land. Probably didn't even know how to speak that language. Now what would most Christians be doing? Freaking out. Oh God, you lied to me. You told me a lie. Why did you let this happen? How come I'm going to this mess? 
I was supposed to be the man. Now look what you did to me. It's your fault. My brothers hate me. My father. All because I just told them what you told me. You must not be good. I, I, I ain't gonna live for you. Oh, Joseph didn't do that, did he? That's what most Christians would do, though. Huh? Come on, man. Uh, let's read on in the story. Verse 2 of chapter 39. The Lord. The Lord. I like to say it like that. Sounds kind of, <laughs> sounds religious, you know what I mean? The Lord. My black brothers, they'd be like, the Lord. <laughs> was with Joseph. And he what? Prospered. He prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian who? Master. I thought that should read according to the Kenneth Copeland diary of theology that he just spoke the word and Pharaoh had to let him go. He wasn't, he was a slave. Well, I thought God just surely had to set him free from being a slave. It couldn't have been God's will that he was living as a slave in, in some other idol-worshiping, devil-worshiping man's house, right? <coughs> Over the walls, wasn't it? Do you know, where, where are you at today? Are you where God wants you to be or are you on your destination to where he wants you to be? My destination. He was just on a destination, on a journey. He wasn't where he was supposed to be, but he had to go there. He had to go to Potiphar's house. And you know, God has a Potiphar's house for you to go to as well. You need to go there. Why? Because your character needs to grow. And God was about to expand this young man and make him into the person that he would ultimately need to be. He would have to experience things that were traumatic and difficult to get where God wanted him to be. Why does God let you go through the difficult things you go through? Build our faith. So we can make Not to kill you, but to build your faith. To, to help you to grow in character. And if you trust him, he will. And it will happen in your life as well. Testing was about to come. But the Lord was with him. I want you to see that. Verse 3. His master saw, what's that say? That the Lord was with him. Now we have this fact. The Lord was with him in his slavery. But the master, the guy that was holding him as a slave, saw that the Lord was with him. You know, we don't live in a vacuum. We live right out in the open. Now there's two, I thought about this as I was preparing this message this week. I remember two instances. Now there are three, and probably many more, but there are three that stand out. But the first one, was me living for Christ as a young believer. And I remember leading a, a Jewish man to the Lord as his Lord and Savior. And the reason, he said, I see what God is doing in your life. It is real. I want that. Now that's, that's we, we all want to hear that. That's like, woo! The last one happened to be with a Jewish man as well, 40 years later. He said, I wish I had what you had in your faith. I said, well, you can't have it. But he rejected. He's dead now. So your life will either help somebody find God or bless them, or at some point, you may be there to condemn them. Now, in the case of Potiphar, he saw God was with Joseph, but he didn't turn to he turned against Joseph, if we read on in the story. Your life will be a light to guide people to God. That's the good part. It can be a, 
a light that will condemn people when they reject God. But there is a third one, and, and it's the old me. Sometimes we live in such a way as a, a servant of God that people look at us and say, they, they, they call themselves a Christian. They think they're saved. They act like a... I know I've had that in my own. I can't take credit for one and not... You know what I'm saying? So is it important that we show good character and that we live for God? Yeah. Why? Because you're being observed. You're being observed, just as Joseph was. Now, let's read on here. And he says that uh, after um, said the, the Lord was with him, the Lord gave him, look at this, success in everything he did. Talk about being blessed. Amen. He ended up becoming Potiphar's chief servant, and he actually, Potiphar gave him authority over his entire household except for his wife. He said, You go, and this was a wealthy man. This was a, a statesman working for Pharaoh. So he had risen to the right, but you know, when you're a slave, you're still what? You're still a slave. <laughs> but at least he was a blessed servant, amen? I mean, he reached to the heights. He could probably say, well, you know what? This isn't too bad. Uh, this is not too bad. At least I'm well fed. I'm in charge. I'm out. I'm doing some things. and I have a, a God that I believe in. Amen. But look what happened. How many know there's always a test coming? Now, his character, let me, let me, let me preach to you a little bit here, brought him to be head of Potiphar's house. Why? Because Potiphar trusted him. He, he saw his abilities. He saw his character. He said, I can trust him. Therefore, he's going to be my man. And I'm sure he was rewarded well by Potiphar. So his character took him to the height that he was at. Your character, the type of person you are, is what will take you to where you need to go. Your lack of character will... You see what I'm saying? Your character is important. Character, body, but his character would be tested. Your character, my character as a believer, is, is, is subject to testing. Now let's look at his testing. And for a young man, probably not yet 20 or, or maybe 20, that would be, this would be a severe test for him. Um, Verse 7, after a while. Everybody say after a while. After a while. <laughs> there we go. Everything going good, but all of a sudden, after a while. Where it came to pass. After a while, it came to pass, you know. While his master's wife took notice of Joseph, she said, come to bed with me. <laughs> King James says, lie with me. Modern parlance, let's get it on. I can hear the Barry White song. Let's get it on. <laughs> Joseph like, oh, and somebody said, well, you know, she was probably, she probably, she was probably like forty, and he was like twenty. And you know, them Egyptian women with the makeup and all. She probably a pretty sweet looking thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, Joseph, she done took notice of this uh, Jewish studly young fella here. Let's read on. But he refused, verse 8. Oh, he refused. What does that tell you right there? He knew better. He knew better. He had some character. He... Well, let's see kind of why and what went on here. Let's read on a little bit. He refused. He says this, with me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. He, he's recounting to her the fact that her husband's placed great trust in him to watch over his home and his household. Look what he says. No one's greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. He can do anything. 
But he said, you, you, you watch, you, you take care of my, don't, don't you touch my wife, okay? Everything else, you do whatever you want to do. You, you, you're the man. This is my woman here. What did the uh, serpent in the garden tell Eve? And what did she say to him? God said we could eat of any tree, but that one, we're not supposed to eat of that. We ain't even supposed to touch it. Well, which one did he offer her? The one you ain't supposed to. We call that the forbidden what? Right. Joseph can do anything he wants. Just leave my wife alone. And what is she doing? She gunning for him. She's gunning for him. That's why they shouldn't be in the military. <laughs> oh my God. That's another message altogether, brother. And he says here, How then could I do such a wicked thing that is lie with her? Come on. But look at look at what he says. And sin against God. So when Joseph became a slave in Egypt, did he lose his faith in God? And he could have easily said, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against my master Potiphar? That would have been acceptable, right? Sure it would. Joseph saw something deeper than that. He saw this as a transgression against God because God is holy. And he learned, he knew, he understood. Now, this young man, before he was taken and sold by his brothers, had been communing with God, having dreams from God. He knew God was real in his life. He understood we have an inclination now that this young man, not boy, young man, knew God. And he didn't want to transgress that relationship. He knew his blessing came from God. He knew that God was real. He knew, do you know today, that God is with you? That he won't leave you nor forsake you? Joseph was in a difficult spot, but yet God was still blessing him. You know, I've walked through, I don't know about you, church, some difficult places in my life. I'm walking through some even now. But, you know, I do know that God is with me. I know he's in my life working things out to will and to do of his good pleasure. I know that. Amen. I know that all things work together for good to those that love him or are called according to his purpose. You know, God had called Joseph. To a very high calling in life. And he was not yet there where he would be. Where God would use him the most. But you know God uses us along the way. Before we get to where he really wants us to be. Amen. But your character will be tested. Success can test you more than anything. And here was a successful slave but now a very tempted slave. How can I sin against God? Oh, that we would have that same character, Lord. Please, please. Sinning against others is one thing, but really, ultimately, all sin, all sin, church, is against God. Verse 12, she called him by the cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and he ran out of the house. He took off. Boy, that'll preach all by itself right there for me. Yes, it yeah, buddy. My God. He left <laughs> When the devil comes in like a flood, the Bible said the Lord will raise up a standard. But I'm going to tell you something here, man. The best thing you can do in your life when sin comes knocking on your door is run. Get away from it. Get away from it. Let me tell you a little story here. You will always be tempted or tried. That's what we're talking about today. Growing in Christ. At times when especially you don't even expect it. And we're looking at a story of a young man in his youth. And this temptation is a sexual temptation. And those are a part of life. How many know that? There are other temptations. Theft, th stealing, jealousy, rage. You can go on and on. <clears throat> but if you're in a marriage situation, I don't have no young people in here today. I should, should. You will be tried in your marriage. You will be tested. 
Now I remember some of you old folk look at me and say, oh, I don't believe that because you're just a big old dude there. But when I was a young fella like Joseph, and I wouldn't, hadn't been saved too long, I had I had a little girl, little baby girl, and I had one on, in the oven, you know, one on the way. I was about 24 years old, you know what I'm saying, working in minding my own business. And I was actually running a business for a guy in the printing business who was a former Navy uh, officer that retired and he wanted to operate a small printing shop and he didn't know much about printing, knew a lot about printing. I needed a job and he needed somebody to run it for him. So he came there and took over and things were going real well. And I remember he hired a young lady to work. He hired several people over time. I remember he hired a young lady, probably about 24 years, 25 years old. And uh, <laughs> to put it mildly, uh, she was a rather nice looking gal, you know. Most people in that age were pretty good looking, you know. You, that's usually at that youthful age. And I wasn't particularly a ladies' man. I never have been. That's not my nature, okay? <laughs> this girl came after me, man. I mean, to like totally threw herself at me. And uh, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> this is crazy here. And what did I do as a Christian man? I'm like, please help me, Jesus. What do I do? But I do remember uh, how the devil operates. You see what I'm saying? I remember when I was at home one evening, and Mama was, you know, she was miserable. She had broke her leg, was in a hip cast, and was like eight months pregnant. And, and she was not feeling her best at that time. Hanging in the air. Hanging in the air, girl. <laughs> and this girl was at work. She was like, <laughs> boom, just like that. I want you. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. Opportunity. And I just had a fight with her that morning on the way out of the, I'm like, All I could do was run. I just run. That's all I did. He said, "What did the big boy do? What did Big Jerry? What did Pastor Jerry?" Uh, I ran. I ran, and I went to the balls later. I went over. I went to his house. I said, "Balls, man!" I, and he was this guy's thirty years older than me. You know. I said, "This is what's happening." And this girl's, you know, this is. I, you, you, I said, "You got to fire her, or you will have to." I'm quitting today. That's it. And uh, he fired her. He was a Christian Christian man, I'm th th thankfully for that. I remember he goes, how come that stuff never happens to me? I'm like, <laughs> oh, like dude, you don't want it to happen to you. But anyway, that was, that was an instance. Uh, then you kept getting them phone calls. <laughs> no, no, it was over. It was over. They got the message. He got the message. But... Those things can happen. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and there, there are others that you, maybe you fail the test. I don't know. But those things do and they can happen. And God allows it to show us where we're at or where we need to be uh, in our spiritual walk with God. So we see the testing of character. Secondly, you can, as a believer, just like Joseph, suffer injustice. You can suffer by being falsely accused as he was and wrongfully punished. And you know what? Somebody said, well, if I'm a believer, well, would God let that happen? Well, we're going to read a story right here that actually happened. Okay, let's read on. Verse 14. So he runs out of the house. She's got his coat in her hand. So everything's going to be good, right? It goes from bad to worse. She called her household servants. Look, look, she said to them. The Hebrew, he's been brought to us. He's made, made fun of me. He came in here to sleep with her, have sex with me. But I screamed. He ran out. I got his coat. Now, what did she just do? She just told a complete lie and the exact opposite of what happened. She tried to grab him 
And he ran, but she said, he, he grabbed me and I got his coat. Look, I got proof. He tried to rape me. Huh? Verse 19. And when his master heard the story of his wife, told to him, saying, this is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. And he should have known that old conniving woman was the problem because he had been observing Joseph. We read that earlier, right? But do you think he's going to go against his wife? Who's going to take the brunt of the injustice? The man of God. Sometimes when we do what's right, church, it don't get us in a good grace with man. It might get us in worse trouble. But not with God. Somebody say, not with Amen. God. Amen. Amen. Let's read on. Verse 20. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. The man did the right thing. He avoided sin. He avoided unrighteousness. He pleased God with his actions and the things that he did. And he still ended up in prison. prison. You ever been living for God? Things are going well, but then all of a sudden everything goes wrong, and you're doing the right thing. You're, you're, well, I, I'm living for you. I'm doing what's right. Why, why am I in prison? You know, God had a purpose in putting him in prison. Now, Joseph might not have known that. Where are you today? What's going on in your life behind the scenes? Nobody knows about. You know, there is one who does know, and you're there for a reason. And it's not a bad God didn't put him in prison to hurt him or punish him. He put him in prison to position him for a blessing. And it didn't come overnight. Oh, no, no, no. Read the story. It took a while. He had to be there a while. But God was setting up things outside of that prison where he'd take Joseph and put him in a position that would just blow your mind. What are you dealing with now? You think, man, this is crazy. My life, I can't make no sense. Of it. This is this is just, you know, I'm sure that went through his mind. Hello? You can't get up where would you want to wear? <laughs> you see? But do you know what? God has all that in control. He really does. He does. He knew where he was going to put Joseph. And he had to put Joseph through a process of character building to get him there. You know, what would happen if you took a young child who's like 10 years old and, and handed him the keys to your brand new Ferrari? What's he going to do to your Ferrari? For a test drive. You're going to take it for a test drive and you're not going to have a Ferrari. Hello. It's going to be around a tree somewhere, right, brother? But you could take your 25-year-olds. Hey, truck truck driving out to work. Tell me what you think. I'd rather give it to my 10-year-old. That's another message again. One is ready because they've matured. The other's not ready. You see, and that's how it is in our lives with God. We, we have to mature. We have to grow in our character to get where we need to be. Now, God wants to, listen to me, church, He wants to bless you in the, in the here and now. But it might take most of your life to get you there. I, I, I hate to tell you that, but it might. But but I, want you, I, I have better news than that. I have better news than that. God wants to bless you in this life because it glorifies Him. But He's more interested in you internally because He has an eternal blessing for you that will never end. No matter how blessed you are in this life, you're going to die and leave this life. It's better that He's working on you internally to prepare you for an eternal destination and purpose do you know there's a purpose for you that goes beyond this life there was a purpose for Joseph no matter how great height that he achieved in his lifetime there's a greater purpose for Joseph yet to come oh 
Oh, don't look at me like that now. Come on. There's a greater, greater purpose for you uh, a, a billion years from now, John. That you and I can't see now. I'm just trying to think what it would be. <laughs> what did Paul say? Beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be. Because we're looking through a glass darkly. But when he appears, we're going to appear with him and we're going to be like him. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what we're talking about. Growing in character. God has a plan for Israel. He has a plan for the church. He has a plan for people who trust him and have faith in him. And it's a good thing. But we're talking about going through some things in that area. Number one, testing, suffering, and if we read the uh, the conclusion of Joseph's life, we'll see that he served faithfully. Yes, That's the point of note that we need to take note of as believers today. No matter what you're doing, what you're in, what you're going through, keep serving faithfully. The God that saved you, keep serving. He is with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He was with Joseph Listen, he was with Joseph in the pit when his brother sold him. He was with Joseph in the Potiphar's house while he was a slave. He was with Joseph in the prison while he was being treated unjustly. And he was also with Joseph when he took him to the palace and made him second in command of Egypt. God's with you. Where are you today? Maybe you're just in a pit right now. You ever felt like you're in a pit? Don't lie to me now. I know I have. Maybe you're in Potiphar's house. You, 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 measure, you have a measure of success. You feel pretty good. Things are going well. Uh, but you still know you're not where you're supposed to be. Maybe you're in a time of testing while you're there. Maybe you feel like you're in the prison right now. you just locked up, man. I don't know why I'm here. What's what? Why, why? Friend, there is a palace that's coming. A palace awaits you. Somebody's name. You're not shouting. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So you're in prison. God's got you in a rough spot. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. You, better, you, you know what I mean? Rough spots. Well, let's read on. We're going to go to chapter 40 here. Flip over one page to chapter 40, verse 1. We have that wonderful phrase again. Sometime later. Everybody say sometime later. There's always a sometime later. Amen. Or, and it came to pass. Amen. King James says it came to pass. Sometime later. So here Joseph, let's, let's backdrop a little bit. He's in prison. And while he's in prison, God left him. And just made him suffer. No, that's not what the story is. Now he's in Potiphar's house. He becomes the head servant in Potiphar's house. Now they put him in prison. And in no time flat, he's the head of the prison. He gets favor in the prison with the guards and with the people running the prison and they make him the head over all the prisoners. This guy's got some ability, doesn't he? He must be. One thing about Joseph, he... And, and you know, people are all different. But he, this is this is a likable guy. I mean, you, you have to like this guy. You don't just put anybody in, you know. He, he must have qualities that people see and they're like, man, this is the man. Man, I like this guy. He's... he's Cookie here, you know, he's the real deal. So here he is in the prison, and the king sends some of his men down there. Remember the old story of the baker and the, the what's the, the, the cupbearer and the baker end up down in the prison. You know, they made Pharaoh a biscuit or something he didn't like, and they're like, lock him up. <laughs> you drop the cup, send him away. So they end up down in prison with who? Joseph. What's going on with Joseph in the prison? God's talking to him. God's speaking to him. Now think, listen to this for a minute. 
God's giving him dreams. So what's, what's he doing? He's, he's telling these guys, he's organizing, you know, the Bible studies, and he's telling them about the end times. Hello? He said, the Lord don't give me a dream. And they listened. Man. He said, you know what? This is going to happen in a little while. And, and, and what happened? The, the one fellow gets out and it happened just like Joseph said it was going to happen. But what, but what happened? Did they, did they go down and get Joseph out? But they forgot about him. Yeah. They forgot about him. And the other one, he said, you're going to get out. You know what's going to happen to you? I'm going to prophesy something. Let me prophesy. You're going to die. You're going to die. What happened to him? He died. <laughs> and the other guy goes, he gets in trouble again. And he's in a real pickle now. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember a guy that was, he was interpreting all these dreams and stuff. And he's in the prison now. Now you know King says, let me, why don't you bring him up here and let me talk to him. <laughs> had to scrub him down real good. You remember the story? They had to clean him up and give him a haircut and shave and brought him into Pharaoh. And Joseph, he just spoke gracefully to the Lord as, as, as a spokesman for God. And uh, gave him some cockamamie ideas, didn't he, on how to save that generation. Because he said some calamity was coming, didn't he? Remember he told Pharaoh, some stuff's coming. Pharaoh was angry with his officials, verse 2 and 3, put him in prison. And they assigned him to Joseph. That's called a divine appointment, ain't it? What does Joseph do? He said, Pharaoh, we're living in end times. Seven years of famine's coming. He said, you're going to have seven good years followed by seven bad years. And if you don't set aside during this time, everybody is going to die. <coughs> Isn't that what Joseph said? How many read the story? I'm only one read the story in here. Come on, man. <laughs> Pharaoh, he, he, he wasn't too stupid. He said, you know, this, this is a sharp guy here. Remember, he had favor with Potiphar. He had favor in the prison. And now God's given him favor with the most powerful ruler on planet Earth. He said, if you live, you live. If you die, you die. And, and he says, I like this guy. This cat's pretty sharp. He says, you know, matter of fact, uh, I'm just going to make you head over everything. You do whatever you think is right. You won't save the whole world. You just go ahead and do it. Be my second line. That's it. And, and, and what did Joseph ultimately do? He, of course, he saved up seven years of grain. And, and then, of course, he saved everybody in Egypt, right? Well, who else came to visit him and, and, and bowed down to him like he said they was going to do? Everybody in Israel, his daddy, his, his brothers, and they, they come and bowed down just like the dream said he did it would many, many, many years ago. Why is he a patriarch? Because, you know, the Messiah didn't come through Joseph. He came through the old scoundrel guy that was sleeping with the whore. Hello? Uh, what was his name? Judah, huh? Yeah. Remember that? Why is jo Joseph saved the whole lot, including Judah, who would bring Christ into the world? Think about that. Think about that. I don't believe he said that, Ethel. <laughs> Who's in control of the events of life? God. Is he in control of your life? Yeah. I mean, I look at the details of this man, and everything was orchestrated. What did Joseph have to do? Just believe God and trust him and put his faith in him. What do you and I need to do? The exact same thing, baby. The exact same thing. Now, he was not only in control of his life, but he positioned this man on the world stage to save 
the population of earth from what? A famine. You know things like famines, disaster, they, they've happened throughout human history. Hello? Does it catch God by surprise? No. And God, we see God positioning a young boy who grew into a young man into the right spot exactly where he wanted him to be. Where are you today? God is positioning you spiritually where you need to be. So he can use you the most effectively for his glory. Who gets the glory in the story? Well, we love Joseph and we esteem him because of his faith, but it's God. That's right. It's God who did that. And he'll do that with us as well. He was preparing him for the future. And those trials brought blessings, not just to him, but to everyone else. He passed the test. He passed the trial. When you're in a trial, the scripture says it's not a happy thing, but it's grievous for the moment. It's a grievous thing. It don't feel good. But it's working the peaceable fruit of righteousness in you and in me. God was going to do something, and he did do something. And you know that old dream that boy had? 30 38, uh, 7, 800 years ago is still playing out in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And you know, God put it in the New Testament as a final sign to a final generation. What this man saw is still working through the same God. Isn't that awesome? Be very careful how you live. That's a good thing we can learn from Joseph's life. Don't live, I want to quote Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Don't live as unwise, Paul says, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Do you know it was evil in Joseph's day? It was evil in Noah's day. It's evil today in the world that we live in. But who's in control ultimately? Amen. The stories we've looked at here in Genesis over the last few weeks often show how evil our days on earth can be. These guys didn't have a walk in the park. I mean, when was the last time somebody filled your well up with sand? When was the last time somebody tried to kill you? But God always has proven to be faithful to those who trust in Him. Can I get a witness? Amen. Trust in the Lord, church. Be faithful in your service to Him. Be forgiving. I think one of the most overlooked characteristics of Joseph was when he was mistreated. Now think about this for a minute. Think about this Your brothers sold you to slavery. Your brothers, your blood, your foot hated you. They, did, they hated you. Your own flesh. He goes to Potiphar's house and he lies. He does the right thing to Potiphar. He doesn't touch his wife, but Potiphar puts him in prison. They didn't have HBO and three meals a day back then. Come on now. That's great. Prison. Finally, he gets out of prison. He's blessed. He's elevated. Who does he see? Potiphar. What would you do to Potiphar? <laughs> Potiphar, uh, 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 come here, brother. You're going to prison. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you will pay a price. Did he do that? Who shows up when the fact seven years go by, he saves up, he's, he's doing his bug out bag for the whole world. He's got a bug out bag for the world. <laughs> And his brothers show up. 
course, he's dressed like an Egyptian, got the, had the eye piece and the hair, you know, the, he, he, they don't even recognize him. The Bible said they didn't know who he was. And here these scraggly old Hebrew boys is showing up because circumstances real bad on them got them down to where they, they, they looking for some corn or something to eat. And they had never bowed before this Pharaoh dude. Just like God said they were going to do in his dream. That made them mad at him. Made them jealous of him. See, if you got a sibling or a, or a relative that God is blessing, don't get mad at him. He's blessing them to help you. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to close this message, but I'm still preaching. Come on. Don't get jealous of him. He, he, he wants to bless them to bless you. Technology, brother. Can't live with it, can't live without it. Hallelujah. But he gets out and he forgives. His brother's now, now is revenge time. Huh? I got these chumps on their face now. Bound in front of them. Bound right now, just like the Holy Ghost said they was going to do, and they laughed at me. What am I going to do to him? What are you going to do to him, Alan? Huh? I should at least slap him around a little bit, right? Huh? Well, I'll do that the right thing. You know, just make him pay a little bit. You know, maybe give him a bloody lip or something, you know. Let him know how stupid they were. Oh, I'd take him to the woodshed. Take him to the woodshed. You know what? I think God took him to the woodshed already, didn't he? Oh, yeah, they felt bad all them years. How bad do you think they felt after what they had done to Joseph? And their conscience was on them for their many, many, many years. You think they paid? They already paid the price for their e evil and sin. But what the character of Joseph? Remember, his character. That's what we're talking about. Through trial, he he forgave them. Amen. He loved them. He grabbed them about the neck. The Bible says, and he wept over them. I am Joseph. I'm your brother. It's me. They're like, oh my God, we're dead now for sure. We know we're going to die. He said, no, I'm not going to. He said, no. listen, listen. He said, all that happened because God put me here to help you. I forgive you. When I look at this man's life, I'm rebuked by Do I act that way? Do I live that way? What did Paul say? When reviled, revile not again. He forgave. He understood. That's what I love about Joe. He understood God and his ways. He understood how God was. And that God was a good God. Hallelujah. There are two men in the Bible. Two. There's no... When we have the account of all of them laid bare, good, bad, and ugly, come on. Two men in the Bible, not one negative thing is written about them. Two. Whose lives we know about. Daniel and Joseph. And both men are a type of Christ. Yes. They did, their life was an, an ensample to us of Christ likeness. They did what Jesus would do in their life. Without even knowing it, they were a picture of Christ. You know, we're not as believers prohibited by God for praying for deliverance from bad situations. Amen. You know, we can look at the Psalms and see that clearly. Uh, righteous people crying out to God for help. But the important truth that we see here in Joseph, in his life, 
is that we must be willing to trust God like he did. Because remember, we're growing in character. We have to trust him until he brings victory in his way and his timing. Remember that. His way, his timing. He spent quite a bit of time in those places before God got him to where he wanted him to be. We must be willing to suffer, church, like, like Joseph, for righteousness' sake, in order that God may be glorified through us, like Joseph, in every circumstance of life. Let's stand this morning. Oh, Father. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.